Welcome back to another episode of When Hers United, the podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, and today I have a treat for you. I'm super excited to bring you our first ever compilation episode. If you stick around to the end, and I sure hope that you stick around to the end, you'll hear not one, not two, but three interviews. So let me give you some context. Back in September of 2022, I was accepted to do press for New York Fashion Week Black. I attended the event, I met some amazing winners, and I decided to put this episode together as a tribute to my experience. This is season 11, episode two, entitled, You Are Fashion, with Nicole M. Bess, Shaquita Garcia, and Queen Safa. Before we jump into the interview, I want to tell you more about me and When Hers United, the podcast. I believe that success leaves clues. And When Hers United, the podcast was created to give you the clues you need to succeed in business, mindset, personal development, and self-care. These are the four pillars we stand on here at When Hers United, which is why they are emphasized so we all can live a complete and fulfilled life, both personally as well as professionally. I also believe that you can't be what you can't see, which is why When Hers United showcases women of color entrepreneurs. If you love When Hers United, please invite someone you know to listen and tell your friend to tell a friend. Let's spread the knowledge, y'all. You know, we believe in being empowered and empowering on. Now, without further ado, let's get into season 11, episode two, entitled You Are Fashion with Nicole M. Bess, Shaquita Garcia, and Queen Safa. All right. So we're here with Nicole M. Bess, the founder of New York Fashion Week Black. So, Nicole, start off by telling us what New York Fashion Week Black is. So New York Fashion Week Black is a platform that helps aid in the advancement of the black and brown designer all across the globe. It's something that I've built being a 30 season vet of New York Fashion Week itself. I took it upon myself to create a platform that is inclusive. Although we are hundreds and hundreds of years into fashion, thousands of years, right, into fashion, there's still a breakdown in inclusivity. So what I did was I created a platform that it's not exclusive. If there were any other race that wanted to join the platform, they totally could. I just know my target market is people that look like me. I love that. I love that. So did your desire to do this come from you seeing a lack in New York Fashion Week for all of the seasons that you've been a part in the past? Absolutely. And it's not the easiest place to get in. People that look like me, they don't fill up the seating arrangement for any of the shows. People that look like me, they don't get invited to the shows. You must be of a certain caliber, a certain stature. But the one thing that I know is that the love for fashion is global. 
and it's endless. So just the people that are able to afford a $5,000 blouse should not just have this opportunity to go and see what the next season is looking like. Mm, mm. That's good. I love that. Right. Because I do agree with you as far as, you know, especially people of color. Like, I feel like we play an integral part in creating the fashion trends and things like that. Right. So to know that, you know, what you saw wasn't equal and that you took the charge to create something that is. I love that. And it's, you know, near and dear to what Winhurst United is all about. Right. And Winhurst United is exclusive, though. Right. Because I'm like, you know, we need a platform sure. that's for women of color entrepreneurs like period. It's no shade. That's you right. know, it's just like it's leveling the playing field. So I definitely understand, you know, your stance in relation to that and seeing that lack and not liking, you know, the lack that you saw. Right. Absolutely. So you just finished season two. Oh, my goodness. Super blessed to be able to come and be in the room and see the things I want. to. This is my first experience at any New York Fashion Week event. Right. Super, super loved it. So I want to talk for a minute about the changes and the growth from season one to season two, because I overheard you talking about just the number of designers that were there. But let the people know about some of the changes in the growth. Absolutely. I mean, we went from 10 designers to 24 designers in the matter of seven months. Our space was bigger. Those were really the main two things that really had us looking at ourselves like my staff, like, wow, we're really moving forward. There's going to be a very big change come season three. And I'll tell you first. (laughs) So the biggest change is that we will no longer be using New York Fashion Week Black, the name. New York Fashion Week reached out to us and asked us not to use their name. And upon our research, we found that we cannot use their name. And what I love the most about it, though, is that I feel like it was God's way of pushing us global. Mm. People ask me all the time, will I bring it to Africa, you know, South Africa, Nigeria, Ghana? I've already gotten that. Will I bring it to Atlanta? Will I bring it to Miami? Will I do something here in Tampa? And I have to tell you, because I've been in the industry for a long time, I'm so New York. Mm. I'm literally, I'm team New York. I'm team Paris, team Milan. I don't really have a desire to be outside of those markets, if you will. But now the new name, Noir Fashion Week, we will be able to take this all around the world, almost like an ebony fashion fair, if you remember. And I'm excited about it. So Noir Fashion Week, season three, February in New York City. Mm, I love that. I love that. You know... I love your perspective on something that, you know, to me, you know, at first here, it could have felt defeating. Right. Mm -hmm. And I could totally relate like the podcast you're on right now. We weren't originally Winhurst United. Right. Someone reached out to me and was like, oh, you can't use this name anymore or, you know, you're going to have to pay me money or, you know, all of this stuff. Right. But the way I looked at that was like, mama, I made it right. Because if I wasn't making noise, you know, or some kind of credibility to what I'm doing, Y'all wouldn't care that I was using this name. Y'all wouldn't care. Y'all wouldn't even known who I was. That's right. Absolutely. And at first it was a blow, but you know, I'm like, it's okay. 
I got my team on the phone. I'm like, we have one day to come up with a name. <laughs> and they're like, one day? So we sat on the phone for two hours and we still didn't get it. But when I woke up the next morning, I had it. Reality of the matter is New York Fashion Week itself affects the economy by $1.5 billion every season. They have over $1.4 million in attendance. All I had was 300 Listen. Okay. And I got a two-page letter from the lawyer. So, you know, I am very much open, though, to speaking with them about opening up an inclusive branch of New York Fashion Week and just pushing the agenda forward. Because I must say, because you never know who will see these things, but I must say that in that letter, although asking me to relinquish the name, they gave me plenty of accolades. Mm. That was beautiful to see that they congratulated me on creating a space. So I will frame that letter in we are, you know, a New York Fashion Week Black experience. I love that. I love that. And I love the new name. What is it again? Noir? Noir. It's black and French. Okay, listen, Noir, y'all. Look, y'all heard y'all heard it here first. It's this yes. we got definitely you first. <laughs> yes. yes. I'm excited now about the expansion. Noir speaks expansion. Noir most definitely is New York Fashion Week's rival. Ooh. Okay. Listen, I like that. You know, I'm feeling good. That really, you know, sometimes uncomfortable situations do have to push us to places that we're supposed to be, but may yeah. have been holding ourselves back from. Right. So I'm excited. Look, I'm going to look. Don't forget about Winhurst United. Look, we want to be we want to Ab- be on the scene, honey. We want to be. <laughs> Absolutely not. One thing I never forget about is anybody who's shooting with me in the gym. I don't ever forget it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Listen, I'm excited. Oh my goodness. You just look, I did not expect that. All yeah. right. So Nicole, I want to reference two quotes, right? One by Helen Keller, which says alone, we can do so little together. We can do so much. And another by mother Teresa, which says I can do things. You cannot, you can do things. I cannot together. We can do great things. Right. And the reason why I did all of that is it was my preface for wanting to discuss the individuals and organizations that you partner with to make New York Fashion Week Black happen. Can you tell us more about those individuals and organizations? Absolutely. I partnered with a young lady out of North Carolina, AJ Peterson. She owns a company called Sassy Bundles. And so we partnered with her. We partnered with the Fashion Dot out of Atlanta, with Robin Groover, Elandis, and Leonard. We partnered with Beauty Water out of Atlanta. It's a water that it has, it's reverse osmosis. So it's really, really good for you. We partnered with Natalie McGee on makeup. We partnered with Strut NYC, female black owned in Dumbo, New York, with a diverse group of models. I will feel terrible if I leave anyone out, but we also we launched our own perfume, which we're going to have to change the name of that to Noir. We also had our own candles there. Yeah, that's probably it in a nutshell. 
I love that. So the premise of that question was to just focus on like, you know, it takes a village, right? You know, and all the people that play a role behind the scene. I know you introduced me to your producer who I saw, you know, yes, coordinating I everybody. Shout her out. <laughs> totally. Whitney Douglas on the show production. She's absolutely amazing. This was her first season with us, but we will be taking her into seasons to come. So super excited about that. Can't let me tell you something. This is too much for me to do alone. And, you know, as we get older and more seasoned, we really want to pave the way for who's next in line. I'm big, big, big on that. If you tell me you want to do something, I'm going to create the position or I'm going to connect you to that person. Mm. I'm not sure. Were you there when when the youth came? I was. And it was look, I was about to get out there and wobble with them. But, you know, I let my self-consciousness stop me from doing it. But it was so it was so good to see them. Let me tell you something. At first, I was in the backstage, but I was backstage and I was like, this is not happening on my floor. So I said, let me calm down and go out here. And when I got out there, I couldn't do anything but turn my camera on. Because who's to say what we're to do, what is wrong and right, what is black and white? We lead culture, the culture of cultures, right? We are the example. So we set the standards and it's my show. And these young girls, We have no idea of their stories. And dancing is an art that is globally welcome. We all speak that language. I couldn't do anything but record. But I was most like excited about the fact that their teacher got with their parents, paid for tickets. I didn't sponsor them. They paid for tickets and came on a bus from Baltimore, Maryland. And they took up a whole row. Look, so there wasn't no one or two tickets, okay? That's right. And like, it gives me chills. The teacher, I explained to the teacher, her doing that for them is what my teacher did for me. Oh, wow. And it's how I ended up with Russell and Kimora and Naomi Campbell and her cousin Desiree. It's how I actually got into fashion public relations. Mm. So I couldn't do anything but just cry. (laughs) Right. And just just give her her flowers, you know? Yeah, I love that. I love that, right? Because I do agree with you, right? It's about the next generation. You know, what can we do now to influence who's next, right? And hopefully we are taking the time to think about and be intentional about building up that next generation, you know, and leaving our legacy and leaving our mark on this world. Totally. But further than that, it's not just the next generation. It's who's in waiting. Mm. It's who hasn't gotten that break. It's who has been dreaming and sewing and sewing and sewing, you know, because we want to, at least me, you know, I want everyone to be fulfilled. It just kind of comes with my makeup. But like, if there's something that you don't have and I can provide, I'm doing it. If there's a contact you don't have and I can provide it, I'm doing it. I'm not hesitating. I love that. And, you know, I can speak directly to that, right? Because I happened to talk to Jamika 
who came from Alaska, right? And she told me how, like, you inspired her through social media and then that, you know, you invited her and now she's here, right? So, y'all, we ain't just talking on here. We ain't just talking. Nicole is living the life and leading by example in relation to inspiring others and putting people on all the way from Alaska. Like, are you kidding me? To me, almost a 24-hour flight. Secondly, let me tell you how I found Janika. One day I was going through my fan page. I'm no cool person, guys, but I was going through my fan page and I was just looking at what people were tagging my name in. This young lady had been calling me her Facebook auntie for some time. And I never, ever knew. I said, oh, no, no, no. Come on, TT, baby. <laughs> what you want to do? Where you want to go? <laughs> if I can do it, we doing it. You need something, you call me, you know? She's also one of the only Black faces or the only Black face on Anchorage News, Anchorage, Alaska News. She was right. the only Black woman on the news station. So, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Most of the people that I come in contact anyway with have never been to New York Fashion Week. Right. I don't stay close to the who's who's. And when I say that, You'll never see me post anybody I really know. Because I'm just like you. You know, we all still building. It doesn't matter who I know or where I can go. I like ground. I like groundbreaking things. I like starting from the bottom. I like showing up as, you could have just asked me. No, no, no. I couldn't. I just, I had to do it for myself and my tribe. Mm, I like so that. I, I keep people around me that are, fresh that I can assist in pushing the their agenda forward or giving them an experience they've never experienced before. Mm, I love it. I love it. You know, I wish more leaders would be like you, Nicole. Man, don't say that. I'll cry. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You know, because people lose sight. They lose sight. They lose sight. We just gonna leave it there. I ain't gonna make you cry. I ain't gonna make you cry. We're gonna, we gonna leave it there. So you mentioned your perfume, right? And I did. I got to smell it. It smells amazing. So I wanted to talk about where the idea came from and some of the work required in the background to make something like that happen. Yeah, so I partnered with this really cool company out of New York City called Elemental Fragrance Company. And Elemental has created some of the best scents that are sold in your Nordstrom, Saks Fifth Avenue, Neiman Marcus. And at the time, my operations manager reached out like, you know what? I believe that this would be a good, uh, just smelling the experience. When you spray it, you smell the experience and you want to know more about it. So we were able to get Luke Solomon on the phone and he agreed to partner with me to create a scent, a unisex scent, a timeless scent. I'm not normally a rose girl. My go-to is the men's why. So roses, that's far from. But once you mix that rose with the sandalwood, it just gives you a whole nother vibe. I love it. I love it. So we're excited about that too. 
I don't know that I'd make a huge business out of it, but I do think that it can follow us all the days of our life. Right, right. I love that too. And I think it was a great addition to everything that you have going on. It was so like, so I'm into, I do a lot of event planning and like personally, right? So events and putting stuff together, right? And it's always those extra touches. Like, what can I do extra for this event? And I feel like that was one of those cherries on the top that was just like, okay, come through, Nicole, come through. Thank you. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Thank you. So I feel like there's always a takeaway, right? Even when things turn out amazing. So what was your takeaway from New York Fashion Week Black season two and something that you'll take into making season three bigger and better? (laughs) Uh, Let me grab my list. One thing that I can share that I would do going into next season, I honestly would probably get more youth designers involved. My daughter did show this season, but uh, she tells me the other day she doesn't want to be a fashion designer and she's not doing that again. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I never asked you to start. Okay. Uh, So, but it brought her so much joy. I don't think she really knows what she's talking about right now, but really getting the youth, you know, kids under 18 involved. I would love to do a collective with just them. Also, I would probably say accessory collections like dog collection and things of that nature, getting those type of collections involved. And, you know, you can never in planning a year in advance. (laughs) You know, that's probably the biggest thing, planning an entire year in advance. And that's it. Those are the couple things that I would do differently and or going to do differently going into the third season. Okay, so it sounds like, you know, just just a greater and greater and greater, which I love. Right. So last question for you. Why do you believe fashion is more than clothes, more than shoes, hair, makeup, etc.? Meaning that fashion is more than what the eye can see. Passion is you, right? Like it's your makeup. It's not, it's just not those things that you named. It's not makeup. It's not hair. It's not always color. It's not fashion is a recipe, like a a good soup for the soul. You know, it's everywhere. It's in the way that you speak, right? It's in the way that you walk. Yeah, that's what I would say. All right. I love that. So for anyone wanting to reach out to you, connect with you, follow, www.noirfw.com and uh, you will be able to reach us at noirfw on Instagram and noirfw on Facebook. All right. So we have Shaquita Garcia here with us and she is the owner of Art NYC, and that's spelled A-A-R-T. And a little bit about Art NYC. Art NYC is NYC-based streetwear. And Art NYC has been featured in USA Today, Sweet July, as well as Covator. Shaquita is also a fellow podcaster. So y'all check out her podcast, Modern Housewives. And Shaquita, is there anything else you want the listeners to know about you? 
And recently featured in Sports Illustrated. <laughs> okay, listen, we all about the wins, hence Win Hers United, right? Okay, I love that. So when I was doing my research on you, right, I discovered that you call your designs wearable artwork. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about what this means and where it came from. So uh, there's literally a lot of backstory about this, but really it's all about, you know, dressing the way you want to feel. So all of my my prints that I design are like super bright and colorful because, you know, I just like the feeling of when I'm walking down the street in New York and people see me coming, like they automatically smile. It just puts a smile on their face. And for me, I'm like, no matter how terrible that person's day might have been going, they looked at me and they smiled and they felt happy. And I like bringing that kind of happiness and, you know, warmth to the world. So yes, it's just, it's my artwork translated into clothing. I love that. I love that. It's so funny you say that because the words like I put your brand reminds me of bold and vibrant, right? Like those (laughs) were the words that I put. And when I was again, doing my social media stalking, right. And down your feed, (laughs) Right. Just looking at some of the pieces you put together and the stuff you wear yourself. Right. It to me just exudes confidence. You know, Mm -hmm. I know sometimes with me, it's like, no, I don't want to wear that because I want nobody to be like, what in the world? Mm -hmm. You know, even though it's my style, my design. Right. So I I just love that, you know, confidence. And it's like standing in whatever's true to you. Right. Absolutely. So y'all, I had the privilege of meeting Shaquita at New York Fashion Week Black and Shaquita's fashion line was the finale presentation of the event, right? Mm -hmm. So Shaquita, talk to us about what it means to you to showcase the finale collection and what you've done behind the scene to get you to where you are right now. Okay, so it was a little bit nerve wracking being the finale show because like time literally slipped away from me this year. And, you know, I juggle, I was juggling two toddlers all summer. So it was just really difficult, like trying to get my collection like sewn and, you know, like curated properly. So like I was still sewing backstage, you know, right before the models went on. So it was like very intense for me. So it was a lot at stake. And I was just like, you know, I have to make sure like everything is finished because I can't just put on no crazy show being the finale show like it was intense. But I was happy that Nicole gave me that opportunity. And again, I've done a lot. I've been designing my entire life, literally since I was four. So this is 30 plus years in the making right here. (laughs) I've been doing this for a lifetime. And, you know, to finally have the opportunity to showcase and you know, a space that's, you know, inclusive and I feel at home. It's just very much like it's a win and I love it. Like I said, it's a lifetime coming and it was such an amazing experience. I love that. I love that. You know, I'm so glad you shared that raw truth, right? Because I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times we see the glitz and the glam, you know, in the finished product and we don't realize you know, all of the things that are happening behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. right, to make that thing happen, right? And and just to let people know, like, it's okay, you know, to feel whatever you feel as you're going through the thing, right? But to continue to push forward 
and make that thing happen. And mm-hmm. what I thought about when I was listening to you is pressure makes diamonds, right? Because I was in the audience, y'all, and I did not know. Look, we learned today together, you know, that, <laughs> <laughs> that Shaquita was in the back sewing the thing, right? Everything was so well done and awesome. Shaquita, what was the name of your collection? I actually didn't even give it a name. Okay. I didn't. I just curated like a bunch of pieces that, you know, I felt would just feel happy. And, you know, the balloons with all the colors and the buttons, all of it. It just, I don't know. I guess I would just call it like a birthday party. (laughs) Okay. Listen, listen. And that's exactly what it gave y'all. It gave birthday party. It's so funny because when I was thinking right before talking to you, I'm like, my name for you is Queen of Color. Yeah. Right. That I gave you that name. <laughs> you can receive it or not. You know, no hard feelings. Right. <laughs> but um, four years old designing, like four years old designing. We can't brush over that. Like, what did you design at four? And then I also want to know, like, where does your inspiration come from? So I don't remember what I designed at four. I only know that because my mom told me. So I'm not even sure, like, if she saved anything from that time. But I do know, like, designing is what got me through bullying. I was bullied pretty much my whole life, all the way up through college. So that didn't stop until I moved to New York City. And this is where the place where I felt like I could really just like spread my wings and be my true self, you know, because I was different from the start. You know, I dressed different. My mom used to try to like tell me, well, don't put those two things together. And then she realized, okay, well, I just got to let her rock out however she wants or whatever. So I was very different, you know, with the way I put my pieces together and everything. And I was bullied for it. You know, it was just, it was really sad. So I would go home and like sketch prints. I would sketch like, cause literally you talking people who design prints digitally on the computer, I was designing prints by hand, which I had every color pencil that you can think of. And I would legit like, I had a sketchbook full of prints and designs that I just would sketch every day because that was what made me feel safe. That was what made me feel happy. And I have been doing that for years. So like the checker printed pant that you saw on the runway in New York Fashion Week Black, I designed that pant 20 years ago. Yes, that's a pant I designed 20 years ago. Wow. I love that. I love that. So just the encouragement, right? Like everything I I do, I try to encourage others, right? Like what I heard from that is find your safe and happy place. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I love that. (laughs) So where, where are you from? I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. That's so fun. Cause when you talk about when I moved to New York, like everything about you screams New York to me It's it's given New York all the way. Like I would have not known you was not from New York. And that's the thing, like, I've been trying to get here my entire life, you know, because since we could go all day was when I tell you my story has so many hills and valleys because I actually came to New York to visit for a high school trip in the 10th grade. And the minute I stepped foot off that bus and I felt that energy, I was like, this is where this is definitely where I need to be. Like, I want to be here. And I spent years and years trying to get here. I applied to attend Parsons uh, School of Design. My parents were like, no, because at the time I was epileptic. And they were like, if you, you know, get out there and start having seizures, we can't get to you fast enough. So I had to settle and go to a fashion school in Cleveland because I was close to home. So 
finally, when I graduated from college, I'm 21. I'm like, y'all can't tell me nothing. I'm going. Goodbye. <laughs> I had secured a fashion job already. And I was like, I'm going to go, you know. And I did end up having seizures once I was here. And it was just, it was heartbreaking for my parents because, you know, they couldn't get to me fast enough, but I was an adult. It was nothing they could do about it. And I had to learn to use fashion as a way to like conquer all of that. So I actually cured myself of epilepsy too. It's been quite the journey. Fashion has saved my life in more ways than one. So yes, it took me a while to get here, but now that I'm here, I am truly living. I love that. Oh my goodness. You gave me chills, right? (laughs) Like literally, like I felt it. And it's so funny because some of the other ladies that I interviewed, you know, like the question was, what does fashion mean to you? You know, because I know it's people in this world like, oh, that's so vain and this, this and that. But I believe it's so much deeper. Right. So Mm -hmm. for the fact that you said fashion saved my life, like, oh, right. And then when I was listening to you, the encouragement there was like, never give up. Right. With all of the obstacles and the things like you never gave up, you pushed through. Right. And look where you are now. Yeah. So balance, right? Like you talked about your babies, you know, all of the things going on, like as a wife, as a mom, as doing amazing things in the fashion industry, how do you keep it all together? Am I keeping it together? No. (laughs) And once again, I just have to circle back to fashion and dressing the way you want to feel. Hands down, people in my neighborhood, people on the internet, everybody is like, how is it that You have two toddlers that you still look this good. And I'm like, it's literally because if I did not get dressed, I would die. I would die from all the stress. I would die from, you know, everything that I have going on in my brain. But when I'm dressed up in all these glamorous garments or, you know, I'm shiny suited up, whatever my mood is for that day, whatever vibe I'm going for that day, I feel good. So I'm performing like, like a beast. Like you have to understand, like when you get dressed, you dress for success. That's the way it goes. Like I know that when I put my clothes on, I'm like, yes, I'm about to slay this shit. Like this is it, you know? So that's how I feel. Like when I put my clothes on, I'm about to kill this day. And that's, it helps me perform better. So I'm able, I'm literally beasting through my to-do list. But when I'm like, you know, lackluster and like, oh, well, I don't really want to put any effort. That's literally how my day goes. It's pretty lackluster. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm not making it up. It's what works for me. But I'm just saying that I think there's something to it because I've gotten through all these years. Like I battled postpartum depression twice, not once, twice. And I got through it by doing just that. Wow. I love that. I love that. And it's I do believe you. Right. And it's, I've heard that before on the podcast, like one of the ladies. And it's so funny because in the world of COVID, even though we're post COVID, like I've been working from home for way before COVID. Right. So mm-hmm. with me, it's like, you know, roll out the bed, do the thing, you know, but she talked about get yourself dressed, mm-hmm. you know, even though you may not be leaving the house because it shows in your production or the work mm-hmm. you do or how you feel and things like that. So that's amazing. Again, going back to it being your outlet, but also your balance. L- listen, look, Shaquita <laughs> said fashion is all of the things, y'all. It's all, all the things. The thing. You know what I always say? Fashion is life. It is. Listen. Fashion is life. 
I love it. So tell us what's next for you. Oh my goodness. Well, I am showing at New York Fashion Week Black in February. So if you guys are coming back, you'll see me there. And you may see a beautiful smiley face as well. Because Tabitha Brown, honey, she said she want to come to my next show. So <laughs> listen, when I was looking on your social media, I said, is Tabitha Brown following her? I, I thought about bringing it up. But I was yes, like, no, Nicole, she I saw that. She's following my business page. Yes. And she says she wants to come to the next show. So I was like, oh, child, I'm being ready to turn it out for the people. Okay. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So tell the people where they can follow you, support you and all of the things. So you can follow my personal page and that is the Modern Housewife NY. So T-H-E-E Modern Housewife NY. And then my business page is art underscore NYC. We got merch. Go to winhersunited.com forward slash shop to check out the WinHers t-shirts. There are two options available for you in multiple colors. One is called the WinHers Courageous t-shirt and the other is called the WinHers Birthright t-shirt. The material is top-notch and the designs are too cute. Remember, you're a WinHer every day. So you might as well wear the t-shirt. Get yours today at winhersunited.com forward slash shop. All right. So right now we're talking to Queen Safa and Queen Safa is a fashion designer, a fashion stylist and the owner of Safa Design. And let me tell y'all, when I first saw Queen Safa on Friday at New York Fashion Week Black, my initial thoughts was, oh, that's somebody I need to talk to. <laughs> Queen Safa, your style is so unique and Safa designs are truly beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. So Queen Safa, tell us how long you've been in the fashion industry and what was your greatest lesson learned so far? So I've been in the fashion industry for about four years. I started as a stylist. I worked with a few clients and, you know, styling them to brand themselves. One of my first clients was working with someone named Natasha. She had a candy and brittle business, but she really wanted to brand herself as someone other than just a businesswoman, but also someone who loves life, loves being happy and loves being beautiful. And that's kind of what I specialize in is making women feel beautiful. So far, since I've been only focusing on designing is build a team so that you have people that can help you make the right decisions. You know, I first initially started with getting recommended as particular seamstress when I first started designing and showing my designs at New York Fashion Week Black. And, you know, the seamstress seemed, of course, wonderful in the beginning, but communication is very important. And so I learned that I need to communicate more and I need to vet the people I work with a little bit more. Okay, listen, that's a whole <laughs> word. You made me think of team and it made my heart sing, right? Because that's one of the things that our loyal listeners know. Many of our women of color entrepreneurs that have come up here talk about the importance of building teams and outsourcing, right? Because we are only one person. And we yeah. can't do it all. Right. And no big business is run by one person. And we all want to be huge conglomerates in mm -hmm. this world. I hope so. Anyway. Right. So I love that. And you just you said a whole word. Look, Mike, drop vet, <laughs> vet, <laughs> vet the people. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's great. Great advice. I love that. 
So one of the things that I learned from observing you at New York Fashion Week Black is that fashion goes beyond your clothes, right? So the way like you embellished your face at Fashion Week Black, like that just did something for me. So talk to us about where your inspiration for styling and designing comes from in relation to the face embellishments and your designs. Okay, so for some people, this a part of this answer is going to sound very weird, but I'm an Aquarius and I kind of identify myself as an alien. And so Aquarians are very different. We can be very weird. We can be very quirky, but we're also very smart and can be very snappy. So, you know, for me, like a lot of this color and some of the embellishments that I do to my face come from my connection to extraterrestrial life. But I'm also a soul sister. You know, I love my soul music. I love to tap into my spiritual self. And so I get an inspiration from Erica Badu. I get inspiration from people who I clearly see have self-connected and self-healed, like Tracy Ellis Ross. I mentioned her in another interview during New York Fashion Week Black. Tracy, I would love to create a piece for you, girl. <laughs> Listen, and, and I hope she listening. I, lo- I hope she listening. Right. <laughs> and so I gain inspiration from all over. I could be watching a show like yesterday. I was just watching Making the Cut, which is a show on Amazon, I think. And I got inspiration for a look and I had designed it all last night before I could even go to sleep because fashion to me is not just clothes. Like we talked about, it's art. It is just art and it is spiritual art. And a lot of designers connect with their designs on a spiritual level. I love that. And that is one of the questions that I ask some of the other ladies, like, what does fashion mean to you? It's deeper than just the clothes. And I love how you said it's spiritual art. Like that did something to me. Right. Like when I wore on that Friday that you saw me, I had that hat. That hat to me, it was, they call it the Pharrell hat, but that hat to me just gave me power. Like it felt like to me, like it lifted my whole vibrancy for that day as soon as I put it on. And then once my brand manager, you know, hooked my face up and I just felt amazing. And so you can't, you can't say that fashion is just clothes. It's not just looking cute. It it makes you feel totally different about yourself. Like, for example, you put that lip on today and I know you feel different. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's funny. You said it's called the Pharrell. It was giving me Erica Badu vibes, right? So when you mm-hmm. said that's one of your inspirations, I was like, oh, okay, that hat made sense. That yeah, hat made but it, sense. It does, it does. Erica Badu has won that hat for sure. And they're even, I don't know if anybody knows, but Erica Badu has a line. And in that line, she sells geisha shoes. Mm. And so I have also taken portions from different cultures to incorporate into my style as a person. And it can also influence my designs as well. Okay, I like that. Mm -hmm. So talk to us a little bit. And this is veering a little bit off from fashion, but I think it just, you know, talks about just embodying who you are or who you choose to be or show up as, right? So let's talk about your name, right? Like your name is Queen Safa, Queen Safa Third Eye, to be exact, (laughs) right? When did Queen Safa Third Eye step onto the scene and what inspired you to make this change? So 
All my life, I kind of struggled with being myself. I grew up in a household where we were judged quite a bit. And that's nothing against my parents, of course. You know, you are what you come from. But some of us take the time to realize we don't want to be what we come from and we grow from it. And so Queen Safa came about when I realized I had no peace of mind. I didn't have clarity or vision on who I wanted to be or what I wanted to do. So in trying to figure out the faith I wanted to adopt for myself, I ran across the 5% Nation of Gods and Earths. And one of the things they do is rename themselves, re-envision themselves for their beliefs. And although I am not practicing that frame of thought um, because of my choice of sexual identity, but Safa means clarity of the mind. It means peace. And I always say that my ultimate goal in life is to have peace of mind. It doesn't matter what's going on around me. It doesn't matter what challenges I'm facing. But if I have peace, I'll always make it through those challenges. I'll always be abundant. And so instead of striving to be happy, because, you know, you hear that all the time. I got to be happy. I got to be happy. I got to be happy. Strive for peace. Strive for peace instead. So that regardless of what's going on in your life, peace feels a lot better. You know, you're just happy naturally when you strive to be peaceful. And striving to be peaceful for me is making sure that I lead with love always, no matter what I'm doing. And it isn't always easy because people don't lead with love. (laughs) So, you know, just I just focus on saying, hey, I'm going to lead with love. I'm going to talk to whoever is in my space. I'm going to make them feel like they should have a good day. And in turn, I am blessed by the universe. I am extremely abundant, but it's not because I'm making a whole bunch of money or I'm, you know, selling a whole bunch of my designs or I'm, you know, at parties and buying a whole bunch of clothes and jewelry. No, it's because I strive to make the world a better place one person at a time. Okay, Queen Saf, I knew you was here for a reason. That's one of my (laughs) goals that I set out when I started this podcast was to change the world one person at a time. I truly love the meaning of Safa. You know, it's so funny. I remember some time back, I was listening to some inspirational, like I think it was a a audio book, right? And this was Mm -hmm. when I was coming out of a dark place and really realizing that I didn't want the life that was in front of me. I sort of like life sort of chose me. I didn't choose it. And I didn't realize I had the power to choose it. Right. Right. And then I was and then I started realizing like, wait, I don't like this and I want to change it. And mm-hmm. in that audio book, they talked about the importance of knowing what your name means. And that's what I thought of when I was listening to you. Right. And a lot of times. I think even as parents, right, like we might name our children stuff, but we don't take the time to research, like what's the meaning behind that name? Because those meanings are important to the evolution of possibly this child's life. Right. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And I think that's awesome. And then also going to your happiness. I totally agree. Right. Like I feel like happiness is something that's fleeting. Right. And, And peace isn't right. So I do agree that choose peace over happiness. It makes me always think of what do they say? Like joy, like joy is greater than happiness. Right. And joy is something that, you know, can stay inside of you, even when at the present moment, you might not be happy because that's just the realities of life and the world we live in. Mm -hmm. 
All right. So getting into where this blue lipstick came from, Queen Safa, because you inspired this blue lipstick. I had it in my in my room. I had it in my room, but I never put it on. I think I might have tried it on, but I never thought I would actually wear it. Right. So I was scrolling down your Facebook, being nosy, you know, getting my data to come prepare for today. And I saw you ask a question to your community. And I said, oh, I like that question. Right. So I'm going to ask it back to you. So have you ever been scared to take a fashion risk? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm a plus size woman. And for a long time, it was being scared to wear things that may show my midriff or being scared to show something that's too short. Because, you know, as a plus size woman, I do have a fupa, but I definitely have come a long way. Okay. Realizing that my purpose was in fashion designing has also boosted confidence in me. Body dysmorphia is something that I have struggled with. And, you know, as I continue to grow into who I am, who I am meant to be, surround myself with people that believe in who I am and who I'm meant to be. I find so much more confidence in taking those fashion risks and taking fashion risks, not only in what I wear for myself, but my brand. As I continue to grow and put you know, more designs out there, I'm going to let you guys see that evolution of me. And, you know, that's really why I posted that question, because I was kind of digging into inner self during that time. Like, you know, I was posting quite a bit of content that talked about, like, do you feel this way about yourself when you do this? Or do you ever think about this? Because also I'll go back into me being an Aquarius. We're so inquisitive. We want to know every little thing about everything. So just asking that question not only helped me to get perspective of others, but it helped me to realize that other people could be feeling the same way I do. And how can I be a beacon of light for those people instead of shying away and being in the same box and sticking to the same feelings and not taking risks and trying things because fear is an illusion. You know, I'm going to wear my crap top and if people don't like it, they're not going to come up to me and be like, hey, I don't like a crap top. It's really me who's being afraid of what everyone else is going to say when really it makes me feel good to wear my crap top. You know, I feel free and light and whether you don't like my good or not, I'm going to love it. So I love that. I love that. (laughs) Yes. Love thyself. Love thyself. Well, um, you inspired me. You inspired me. Yes. And I just want to be clear that make that lipstick looks very, very good on you. Okay. So don't you have a doubt because that lipstick is popping. Okay. Thank you. Queen Safa got me blushing, y'all. Queen Safa got me blushing. Right. So let's talk about what advice you may have for anyone listening who wants to be more risky in fashion, but is hesitant to do so for whatever beliefs or, you know, societal standards they may be keeping within their head. So I'll tell everyone what worked for me. So am I fearful of taking this risk because I feel it won't be good for me or I'm scared of what other people are going to say. So one of the things that we struggle with in this life based on how we're conditioned, okay? So we're conditioned to give a shit about what other people think for whatever reason. I don't know why. But of course, it can be utilized to a certain extent. You know, I don't want to just blatantly come off nasty to you because 
I want to be cognizant of your feelings. But when it comes to things that make you happy, if you see something, if you see a piece or you see a dress and you feel an ignition inside of yourself and you hesitate because of what other people are going to say, you're letting fear control your decisions. And fear is false evidence appearing real. We don't know. We really don't know what people are going to say. And most of the time when you're super scared to put something on and you take that risk and you walk out the door, you get so many compliments. So don't let your anxiety, because anxiety is the fear of things you do not know. Don't let your anxiety hold you back from taking risks, whether it be fashion risks, whether it be risk in trying a new career, whether it be risk in finding a new love interest. Don't let love, trauma, what people are going to say, block you from being your true, whole, authentic self. Mm, that's a whole world. Look, I don't, I don't got much to follow with that. Just do it scared, yes. right? Do yes, it scared yes. because we are often scared, but we have to learn how to push forward and push through because there's so much freedom and liberty on the other side, right? It is. And you, you have to evaluate where, where your fear even came from. Yeah, like if you're scared of something, think to yourself, why? Why am I scared of this? Like really, really think and break it down. I'm not speaking against, you know, talking to someone to talk through your issues or talk through what you're struggling with. I'm not discouraging that at all because I do it myself. But still take time to do inner work to figure out why you're scared, why you're scared of what you're scared of. And I think that when we do that, we can overcome it because we're able to logically think about things instead of getting an outside perspective about it. Right, right. I agree. I agree. So Queen Safa, tell us what's next for you. So what's next is getting uh, my brand actually out there for everyone. So I'm working with my brand manager on websites and all of those things. And, you know, this is my second season of New York Fashion Week Black, and I definitely plan to come back for season three. And I'm already working on season three. So beware, <laughs> because the more that I do this, the more I conquer my fear, the more I realize how talented I am, because in comparison to season one, and season two, it's, it's just no comparison. You can clearly see the growth. So another thing is, you know, I'm bringing back season one revamped. Okay. You won't even recognize it, <laughs> but it will be the same thing because, you know, I'm vetting my people. I'm learning from my mistakes and I am taking pride in learning and growing and using that to better myself and better my brain. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I'm going to tell you to let the people know where they can connect with you. But I just want to drop in a plug like you really just spoke to my heart. Right. Because, you know, like we're on a Zoom call doing this interview, but we're, we were supposed to be interviewing live at New York Fashion Week Black and things didn't go the way that I wanted them to go. Right. So that whole comeback better than ever revamp like that really spoke to me. And I think that you know, it will speak to someone listening also like, you know, maybe things don't go the way you want them to go the first time or you learn from your first experiences and then use that to continue to try, try again and show up bigger and better than ever. So I appreciate yes. that. So let the people know where they can find you. 
So right now you can find me on Instagram at Queen Safa Third Eye with a three. So third is with a three. And you can also start to follow my Instagram for my brand at Shout Safa Designs. I really enjoyed this compilation of interviews and I hope you did as well. Listening to Nicole inspired me to embrace the ebbs and flows of life. Realizing that what's meant to be will always find its way to me. Shaquita inspired me to push through no matter what, even if it's down to the last minute. And Queen Safa inspired me to live outside the box and not to be overly concerned with societal norms created to keep me confined. What's your takeaway from this episode? please send me an email and let me know. My email is whenhersunited at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. One of my models is sharing is caring. So I sure hope that you care to share. Don't forget to go to whenhersunited.com forward slash podcast. There you'll find the show notes for season 11, episode two, And you can read Nicole, Shaquita, and Queen Safa's bio and also get the links to connect with Nicole, Shaquita, and Queen Safa. You can get the Cash App handle if you want to support Winhurst United, the direct link to buy me a coffee, and you can get the link to get your Winhurst t-shirt, plus, plus, plus. So go check it out for all kinds of goodies. We'll be back in two weeks with another amazing, winning, woman of color entrepreneur. But until then, as always, be empowered and empower on.